two widows traveling through the wilderness, vulnerable, afraid, hungry. They're strangers in a different country and are forced to gather grain from the fields just to get enough to eat. They're completely at the mercy of strangers and distant relatives. How will they ever survive? Will anyone show them grace? Was this entire journey a giant mistake? Find out all of these answers and more as we read what in the word God has for us today in Ruth chapter 2. Welcome to the Religion Podcast with Adam and Blake, where a couple of broken dudes ask a bunch of questions about the answer and the life that comes with living for it. One the word, Adam. One the word, Blake. Uh, really? <laughs> to save that for now? <laughs> yeah, just, I, yeah, I just figured one out. Uh, anyway. <laughs> th- uh, thanks, gang, for tuning in for another edition of One the Word, where we're going to uh, obnoxiously sip coffee while we read through the book of Ruth. I'm drinking water. Oh, you're, well, yeah, I'm still, I still need to wake up a little bit, even though it's not even that early. Uh, so we've, you know, this is definitely a different... I think we found out right from the get-go after reading James and Ephesians that Ruth is a different, uh, is definitely a different form of literature in the Bible, to say the least, compared to those books. And that's one of the things I think is so interesting about the Bible is like, you know, it's a book where there's literally like these multiple types of literature and genres and all this stuff within this one book. And I think Mm -hmm. that for a lot of people, maybe they don't, that don't read the Bible or haven't ever read the Bible, maybe they don't even realize that. Like yeah. maybe they just look at it as just like one big. Or they think this just doesn't make any sense. You know, like this seems to be, you know, God seems to be portrayed this way in this book yeah. and this way in this book. And you kind of got to yeah. look at it in context. Yeah, exactly. So when it's, it's, it's interesting to think that the same book that has, the book of James and the book of Ephesians and the book of Genesis and the book of Revelation also has this, this story of Ruth, which and then is the Psalms, which are basically yeah. songs and poems and Proverbs. Yeah, and then you've got Proverbs. So it's in it. Yeah. The, the and Bible I appreciate the stories book. because Jesus taught in stories. Like that was his kind of his way was in parables. Yeah. Like, Hey, let me put it in a way that you can understand. Let me tell you about a person. Let me yeah. tell you about, you know, a situation similar to this so that you can understand it. And so, I don't know. I think it's interesting just to get into a story. Some of the Old Testament stories, you know, you get into those and you start seeing how, you know, this led to this, led to this, led to this, that eventually led to yeah, some big event. Uh, Ruth is kind of a part of that story. She's a very important part of Jesus's lineage. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you know, right now, you know, that doesn't seem to be, on anybody's mind in this story from where we left off last time. Yeah. For Nobody's sure. trying to get to Jesus at this point. They're all just trying to survive. Yeah. And uh, yeah, exactly. That's, that's one of the things about this story that you, you bring up a good point is that, you know, even though it's not overtly referenced uh, and obviously referenced in the story, you can tell by what they're going through. It's like, man, they, they did not have it easy. No. <laughs> you know, we think it's like they, they were not experienced, you know, you and I have first world problems. Yeah. And yeah. even though this was like, I mean, maybe this wasn't like, you know, 
third world problems for them. It was still like their normal day to day was not a. Yeah, this was a crisis. Yeah. Yeah, it was not it was not good. So uh, so we're going to go ahead and get into this. I can go ahead and start this off. Uh, okay. And then we'll kind of like I said, if you've listened to this enough, you know that we kind of stop and dig into things as we go. We're just going to react in real time to this. And hopefully I won't accidentally call uh, Orpa Oprah again. Uh, like I did last time. I don't know that she's in here anymore at this point. (laughs) Yeah, she gone. She gone back to the house. All right, here we go. Uh, Mostly names I believe I can pronounce correctly. So anyway, uh, Ruth, uh, chapter two, verse one. Now, Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth, the Moabite, said to Naomi, let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him in whose sight I shall find favor. And she said to her, go my daughter. First of all, just like a quick stop, just really quick. Uh, as it, It's nice to see that Naomi's affection for Ruth is like, I, you know, everybody always jokes about how like, it's a real blessing when you can love your in-laws and your in-laws <laughs> can love, because like, this is not her biological daughter. No, anyway, you know, this is her daughter by her son's marriage who has since passed away. Yes. And she is and this person look- is a relative of Naomi's husband. Yes. And she's like, looking so at Ruth. nobody's related to Ruth. <laughs> exactly. But he's just along like, for the trip. Yeah. But she's but still Naomi's like, go, my daughter, as opposed to mm-hmm. go on, Naomi. Or, she's or, always or, got on, she's always she's all she's got left. Yeah. And so yeah. she's kind of just taking her in. That's a good point. All I right, think they've both three. kind of taken each other in. Yeah. Uh, so verse three. So she set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem. And he said to the reapers, the Lord be with you. And they answered, the Lord bless you. Another stop for me. Just the fact that this was a time when this was like a, a commonplace greeting mm-hmm. or a commonplace saying to people like the Lord be with you. The Lord bless you. And we live in a time where you can barely say Merry Christmas without people getting upset. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another thing I wanted to point out is the gleaning thing. Like, were you familiar with that at all? Not, not exactly. That was one of the things where maybe if you, if you've got that, then please throw it out there for me and the people out there, if they don't know. So it was, uh, and I don't have the exact, um, amount, but basically like anything, it, it was part of their law, part of the mosaic law, um, that provided food for the poor, the orphans, the widows, um, you know, the traveler, um, mm. that anybody who owned land, who, raise crops, anything that would fall, um, anything that would be uh, left behind, uh, either maybe skipped, missed, or maybe falls on the ground, or anything that was was not picked up for harvest would be left. And so they wouldn't go through and just wipe it clean. They would leave a certain amount. Mm -hmm. And this was kind of customary to provide for those that were, you know, the least of these, I guess. Yeah. And so it was this provision of almost like a tithe, in a way, you know, it was a percentage yeah. of your, your goods that you would give to the poor. Um, yeah. And so it was customary for people like her, you know, Ruth would have been a, 
a traveler or a, a foreigner in this in this area mm-hmm. and you know she didn't have anything so she knew that if nothing else i can always go you know gather some some corn or some barley or uh, some grain that would fall to the ground and we could have yeah. enough to at least survive almost like a food food bank or something yeah at that time like i know i can go there and get it it may not be the best uh, i may not but something may not get everything i want but it's something i know that that'll be there yeah okay uh good to know uh verse five then boaz said to his young his young man who was in charge of the reapers whose young woman is this and the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered she is the young moabite woman who came back with naomi from the country of moab she said please let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers so she came and she has continued from early morning until now except for a short rest then boaz said to ruth Now listen, my daughter, do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground and said to him, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? So I just think that's a good place to stop. Yeah. Personally. Uh, what do you, I mean, I have my thoughts on those first, those few verses just uh, mm-hmm. from eight through, I guess, uh, 10. Like, what did you get from that? Just like from uh, he tells story her just, level. And I also think he's protecting her. Yeah. Like right off the bat, he sees that she's vulnerable. Um, yeah. I would say that, um, you know, maybe he knew that his, people were were good you know he mm-hmm. found out later you know what kind of man he is but we can see right off the bat that you know he's he seems to have good intentions and and you know uh, come across in a way that you know he's trying to take care of her he's not trying to take advantage of her but yeah. there was probably people that weren't so kind um, that would have either treated her poorly or maybe even you know tried to take advantage of her or something and so yeah i think that he's looking out for her and he's just saying you know i know that you're here and there was a you know he was related to naomi's husband so yeah uh, there was a part of that that was customary i think he you know because he was related to him and he had passed there was a part of his duty that was to take care of his widow uh, of yeah uh, her husband her husband's yeah. widow. So, you know, it was like he's doing a duty, but he's also extending grace. Yes. You can, you can, the thing that really caught me is you can just feel the sense of relief that she has. Yeah. When he extends this kindness to her. I mean, if you think about what situation she's in, you know, she's, she's in it, she's with, she's, she's basically clinging to Naomi because it's all she's all she has and like she's like i'm wherever you go i'll go and she's in this situation where she is definitely the least of these and she's going out and she doesn't really know what she's going to get with boaz it seems like like she's kind of i think between her being possibly you know i mean as we as we've talked about and as a lot of people know is like you know i think women back in this time were not necessarily seen as like they were seen a lot of times as for lack of a better word like a lesser yeah class of people yes exactly and so she were 
yeah she knows so she sort of knows this standing she's in this mode of desperation where she's doesn't really know what's going to happen next and she's going here and she doesn't really know what she's going to expect and then whenever he extends this what seems to be an unexpected amount of kindness and grace to her she just like almost gets overwhelmed and and falls and it's just like and and also she says she questions that you know why have i found favor in your eyes that you should take Mm -hmm. notice of me since i am a foreigner Mm -hmm. and you know one of the things that uh we're supposed to do as christians is we're supposed to love the foreigner and love the refugee and try to like look after those people too Mm -hmm. and show kindness and favor to them so this is obviously a time where it it doesn't seem like a lot's changed (laughs) like when 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 a quote-unquote foreigner comes to an area there's obviously at this time there was a point where you could look at them as an other or somebody who mm-hmm. you should be leery of or something like that and the fact and that he extends this more grace yeah exactly um do you want me to keep so, reading or did you have that's the definition of grace right is undeserved unmerited yeah. favor you know she didn't do exactly. anything to deserve this she didn't even approach him he yeah. noticed her uh makes mm-hmm. you wonder what she looked like like if he yeah. goes, man, she's pretty, you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, or if it was just like, it didn't even notice what she looked like. She's just a guest in yeah. my field and, you know, take care of her. So, yeah. I mean, he, he could have noted there's a, it could be any number of factors. Because since he's family, I'm sure he knows the story. Like he knows why Naomi's there. He knows that Naomi's husband and sons are dead. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, he knows that it doesn't take long. To he didn't read it on Facebook for but people to, got to talk, yeah, and say, he, yeah, he, he because even these Facebook, people say, who is this? It. Yeah, who is this girl? And they're like, oh, that's the girl that's with Naomi. Yeah. Oh, okay. And you know, if, if it was in today, he's going, oh, so she's single. You know, like, and he may <laughs> go, she's single, like, and available, or she's single and vulnerable, and exactly. I better protect her. And I think it's yeah. more that. Um, you know, I, yeah. who knows? We don't know. We're reading into this. I would, I would, I would like to lean that way. I, yeah, I would, for sure. I would but sure. at the same time, I think that it, you know, it, it's good to see good people find each other. I guess, right? You know. Yeah, thousand percent. Um. So let's see what Boaz says, verse eleven. But Boaz answered her, "All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband." has been fully told to me. Well, there you go. So he knows. Yeah. And how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. The Lord repay you for what you have done and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, who under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Then she said, I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants. So like, like you said, this is Boaz knows the story. He mm-hmm. knows what so he's, he's extending grace out of respect for what she's done for Naomi, who yeah. is his family member's widow. So one of the things about Ruth's uh, journey is it's a journey based in a lot of just faith, because if you think about at least one of the many characteristics of faith is sort of, you know, believing in something when you don't have all of the information like necessarily all of the information Mm -hmm. or like she doesn't know how this journey is going to turn out like she doesn't know that Mm -hmm. no a hundred percent that maybe going with naomi to this place is going to be like the hundred percent right move to where we still don't know too is like what she was leaving in moab 
Like yeah. whether she had a good family to go back to or whether they weren't good. So, you mm -hmm. know, we assume that she left a good situation for this, you know, who knows yeah. situation. But, yeah. you know, maybe this was the best option still. You know, maybe she yeah. didn't want to go back or something. It's so like we don't know why she chose that that route. But still, yeah, she's had to trust a lot and probably be scared a lot and wonder, you know, where yeah. the next meal's coming from and if this was the right decision. That's kind of what it's like to be a Christian, right? I mean, we don't okay. know. We've never seen heaven. We're taking this by, you know, the word that we have and by the, yeah. you know, the evidence around us. But yeah, you know, there would be people that would say that this is all a hoax and this is all a fairy tale and it's all made up. And you know, mm -hmm. that they would back it up with, you know, certain things and say, you're wasting your time, you're wasting your energy and your life. Mm -hmm. But you know, we're going on faith that there's more. And yeah, I think that's what she's doing. Yeah. Do you want to take verse 14 and go on from there? Verse 14. Yeah. yeah. Um, and at mealtime, Boaz said to her, come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed to her roasted grain and she ate until she was satisfied and she had some left over. And when she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men saying, let her glean even among the sheaves. So let her go out with you all. Don't mm -hmm. let her wait until you're done. Yeah. Um, and do not reproach her and also pull out some from the bundles for her and leave it for her to glean and do not rebuke her. Okay. So he's, he's given her a little, you know, this is grace at this point, you know, the other was kind of his duty almost, you know, she, yeah. everybody was allowed to glean from the leftovers. Mm -hmm. Now he's extending more. Yeah. Uh, and he, and he's, so he's given her protection, he's given her food and now he's giving her the ability to, to, get what she needs yeah and and survive yeah and, and thrive it's, and, almost and the fact that he has to say this it's it's almost an indication that everyone's knee-jerk reaction would be to reproach her and to rebuke her like yeah you know from if he if she tried to do this in any mm -hmm. other circumstance without him sort of laying this you know laying this out there for them and being like oh by the way don't let her basically Y'all let her do her thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it also shows what kind of man he was and what kind of leader he was among uh -huh. his servants or workers um, that he was, you know, he was respected enough that all he had to do was say it. Yeah. No, well, yeah. After this, you don't hear. And then an argument and, pursued. Yeah. And, and then he went out and, minutes. you know, pursued to beat them and, you know, whatever. Like he just says, in the middle of the hey, field, here's what know? we do. Yeah. Here's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. All right. So verse 17, you want to take that? Yep. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. Um, Which is three-fifths of a bushel, or okay. 22 liters. Okay. For those who, for those who were curious. The yep. more you know. And she took it up and went into the city. Her mother-in-law saw that she, what she had gleaned. She also brought out and gave her what food she had left over after being satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, where did you glean today? And where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, the man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, may he be blessed by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, the man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. And this is, that's a word that comes up a lot. Um, mm -hmm. and Ruth and Ruth, the Moabite said, besides 
he said to me, you shall keep close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women, lest in another field you be assaulted. So she kept close by the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvest, and she lived with her mother-in-law. That's Ruth too. Yeah, and once again, it's like, so so what did she say there so she says he said to me keep close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest and naomi says that you it is good that you go out with his young women lest in another field you be assaulted so i don't know but regard but regardless of you know i know you're kind of looking into this and where we land on it it's once again one of those indicators of of the times where it's like the idea that women you it's like ruth should made it made a good decision to be around these other women because there are men out there with bad intentions mm-hmm. and there are women who would look at her and not think oh there's a woman over there working in the field i'm just going to leave her alone and good for her they'll, they'll look at her as a way of they would look at her and think she doesn't belong there they may and they you know and of course it doesn't even specify what kind of assault they're talking about but it's like you know there's definitely seems to be a bit of a class system here where it's like you know the the women her in the field being a possibly a woman b definitely a foreigner you know all these things factor into it's not safe yeah in a lot of circumstances, this will not be a safe thing for her to be doing. No, for but sure. but if she is kept close, but if she's with Boaz and with with his young women, then their chances are she'll be good. Like she'll be yeah. in she'll be in good standing, and she won't be someone who is looked at as someone who is deserving of some type of punishment or assault or be you know being exiled from from this area or something like that so and so the fact that she ends up in this field of this kind man um maybe kind of a happy accident or yeah providence that she ends up there yeah Uh, this man that took care of her when you know they probably could have ended up a number of places so uh, so as we've as we've wrapped up ruth chapter two i i guess i'm going to ask you a question i'll answer this too like Obviously, as Christians, we're called to be more like Jesus every single day. Like, that's kind of the obvious thing. Like, you know, live for him, be more like him with your heart and your mind, your actions and things like that. But, I mean, there's plenty of other people in the Bible that we could learn from and we could sort of model our faith after that would be similar to what Jesus would do. So, like, in this in this chapter alone, like, who are some people that you're looking at that we've read about? And then you're thinking like, I should be a little more, you know, in this part of my life, maybe I should be more like Ruth or in this part of my life, maybe I should be a little bit more like Boaz or something like that. Like what comes to mind for you? Um, always be, always be looking for God's plan in the middle of yours. You know, she was just going to get barley. She was just going to get some food for the day. Mm-hmm. And little did she know that she would run across somebody that would change her life forever and that yeah. would extend grace that would last 
the rest of that year and you know mm-hmm. possibly longer so uh, yeah you know always be looking for those opportunities and then in the the idea of boaz always look for an opportunity to extend grace to extend kindness yeah. to be generous um, to look for those that are the least of these or those that are vulnerable yeah. and protect them uh, yeah you know, i he, think yeah I'm sure that she wasn't the only person that just stumbled into his field looking for food because it seems like he's probably a pretty well-off person and he has a lot of people working for him and Mm. um, has a lot of harvest, you know, a lot of land because, you know, they're going to harvest all year long. So apparently this was an ongoing thing. And the fact that he picked her out and then extended all this that he didn't have to. Yeah. You know, says a lot about him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel, I mean, it, I was going to talk about Boaz too. I feel like, I feel like with Ruth, you know, one of the things about Ruth is that she's not just like, she's not just out there being a complete mooch off of, <laughs> off of Naomi. Like she's willing to go out there and, you know, get her hands dirty, so to speak. You know, she's really ready to go out there and get out in the field and do what she has to do to, uh, you know, for herself and for, uh, and for, for those around her. And one of the things about, you know, one of the things I talk about in, as I mentioned before, you know, one of my part-time jobs is I'm a communications instructor and I teach this sort of fundamentals and communications class at the college that I work for. And one of the things that I always try to tell my students is how a lot of times when you're, when you're dead and gone, like your legacy is going to be how you communicated with people and like what you said and how you said it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that act of kindness that Boaz extended to Ruth is going to be something that she probably remembers for the rest of her life. And so it's like, you know, I think, or, I mean, or, or somebody will remember for the rest of their life. When you think about when you're down and out and somebody, you know, the yeah. this one person extends kindness and grace to you. And is so there you every time in like, your life that you can think of just off the top of your head that you think, man, I'll never forget what somebody did for me or what somebody told me or. Well, yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things like, I mean, this is not necessarily a specific instance, but it's like, I feel like one of the things that one of the biggest things that you can be told by your parents or tell your kids is that you're proud of them. I feel like mm-hmm. anytime that you're my parents have ever like just said, I mean, they, they you know, this your parents say a lot of stuff to you and they say and they say a lot of like affectionate and kind words to you, you know, like half the time I get off the phone with my mom or my dad, I say, love your mom, love your dad or whatever. And it's like, it's almost dismissive, mm-hmm. sadly, but it's like, you hear less like like i'm proud of you like yeah and just something like or for a specific reason yeah exactly i'm proud of you like what you just did i just wanted you to know i'm very proud of you like i told like i was i was texting i was texting back and forth with my wife and she was kind of like you know my wife is a school teacher and as is yours and she was just kind of in one of those modes where she was like telling me a little bit about her day and all this stuff and I just like my Facebook memory thing popped up and it was like two years ago, she had gotten her master's degree in uh, teaching mm-hmm. and she now has been teaching for three years and she was kind of just going through that stuff. And I just texted her. I was just like, I'm proud of you. And mm-hmm. like, of course, and she responded with like these little like blushy emojis or something or whatever but it was like but she said like something she was like well i'm proud of you too and we kind of talked kept kept moving from there but you could even tell just from that response like she wasn't expecting that paused her yeah yeah so 
think about, I just think like, think about where those opportunities are, where you could be that, that thing, say that thing or do that thing that like, because there's probably a lot of people that are going around at this time in our life that are just like, man, this world is a mess and everybody sucks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like everybody's treating each other horribly and they're like, you know, they look at social media and they look at the news and they look at all this stuff and they're just like, we are, you know, we're these irredeemable people and who, you know, who among us is even remotely good, kind to each other anymore. So like, if you have those opportunities to, show someone not just a little bit of kindness but a lot of kindness yeah there's a chance that you're probably going to like make their day or their week or mm -hmm. they're going to look back on something years later it's like i remember the time that you said this to me or yeah. whatever you're like huh and never even i've had people tell me that like i remember one time you said this or you did that and i'm like i don't even remember that but yeah it stuck in their head yeah exactly i so got into I, a uh, situation this week where someone did not extend grace and it frustrated me because i felt like it was sort of deserved yeah uh, if that makes sense but sure uh, i was applying for my my hvac license and mm -hmm. uh, or not applying but renewing them yeah and with covid everything's been crazy and usually i just send it in the mail but you know everything was shut down at that time it was back mm -hmm. in december and and yeah. so i just did it online i'd never done it online well long story short my i paid my 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 fee or whatever you mm -hmm. know and and all that and thought well i'll be getting a card in the mail one of these days getting my renewal and all that and and i'd kind yeah. of forgotten about it and then you know a few months have passed and i thought i never have saw that you know where yeah i wonder where that is so mm -hmm. i start looking into it and it says that my license has been deactivated and oh, i'm wow. like what you know yeah. that, there's no way and so i called mm -hmm. and i was like there's got to be a mistake so i called and i had proof of where i'd paid for it and everything and so uh, I get two or three different people and all these people are just very like rude, you know, to the point mm -hmm. of, you know, just like <clears throat> put off by the fact that I, uh, you know, that I'm even asking, you know, what yeah. happened. And, yeah. and there was a paper that I was supposed to turn in that I didn't submit with it. Um, mm -hmm. And that was, you know, it was on me. I didn't do it. Um, I didn't see the place to do it. I didn't know exactly how to submit it online. And so I think yeah. I thought I would come back and, and just send it to somebody and i guess i never did um it literally took five minutes to get it sent well in the meantime that is why they deactivated it even though i had yeah. paid several hundred dollars for the renewal mm -hmm. and you know i was like surely anybody with just a an ounce of empathy yep would be like honest mistake i mean obviously you you know you paid yeah uh, you know we got you we got you intending to do this it. we should have just emailed you and said uh, hey, we were looking over your file. Uh, we were going to deactivate you, but all you're missing is this paper. Could you get that to us real quick? And we're good yeah. to go. But uh -huh. nobody said a word, you know? And so I was like, somebody should have followed up. You know, it would just been a common courtesy, professional mm -hmm. courtesy. And yeah. so I was just really put off because that's what I would have done. I would have said, yeah. hey, before you get in trouble, here's what we need. You know, if you get that to me, be great. Yeah. Um, and they didn't. And so they tacked on $250 late fee to reinstate mm -hmm. these and i was not real happy with that and i tried no. to be really calm and i tried to like i just kept taking deep breaths and biting my tongue a lot and trying to be yeah. you know like oh shucks you know i you know yeah you know how it is and <laughs> yeah and i got on the phone with this this one lady who was 
extremely helpful, but didn't have a lot of the authority to make that decision. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Oh yeah, I don't know what to do. Um, you know, and I was like, well, you've been really helpful. And she said, well, let me see. So she puts me on the phone with another lady who was not having it and <laughs> answers the phone, calls me, Mr. Hawkins and says, as I told you before in an email. Oh, and I was like, Oh, this is not going anywhere. Good. And yeah. <laughs> I finally, like I got really upset, but I just sit there and didn't say a lot. And finally I told her, I said, this would be a really great opportunity. I'm not, you don't have to do this, but did you ever consider the fact that this might be a good chance to extend a little grace to somebody? And she said, my job is not to extend grace. And I was like, Hmm. Okay. Just right. like that, huh? Um, wow. Unmerited. Right. She had every right to stand where she stood, but yeah. I just thought, man, she, she, you could have extended a little kindness, you know, you, a little kindness wouldn't have hurt, yeah. but yet here we are. So um, when does a little kindness ever hurt? No, it doesn't. It very, very, does. there's very few instances in life where showing someone a little kindness. Yeah. Like really, like if I was hurts. trying to take advantage of the situation or something like that, but it was an honest mistake. And I think yeah. everybody knew that. And so I just thought this would be an instance where most people would say, Oh, I see what happened. Yeah. yeah. Get us that. We'll take care of that. You know, we know you were trying to do it right. We see that you just forgot to submit that paper. Yeah. And, and so I was expecting grace, which was maybe a lesson in that, like, yeah, I guess if we all sit around saying, Jesus, any day, you know, it's your job to save us. Yeah. It's not really the definition of grace. The definition of grace was, I guess we're all doomed and God up and says, go, go get yeah. them, go yeah. save them. And yeah. nothing they could have done would have warranted that. And nothing we've done warrants our being saved now, yeah. but yet he saw fit to do it anyway. Um, yeah. And I think sometimes living in grace and being someone who sees the value of that helps me extend it a little easier. Sure. Because I can look at a student and say, I see your effort. You know, I, we're yeah. good. If I didn't see your effort or I think you're trying to take advantage mm-hmm. or something, then that's different. But yeah, you know, if I see that your heart's in the right place and you're really trying, I'm going to give you a better grade than you deserve, or yeah. I'm going to give you an extension because that's happened to me. Yeah. A thousand percent. That exactly. Happened to me it's college, happened to me. And yeah. you know, but I don't know, man, some people are almost offended by the, the term grace yeah. that you should ever go off script. And mm. if we all look inside of ourselves and realize that none of us are worthy of it, but all of us need it. Um, yeah. It's a little easier to give it to somebody else. And so yeah. I, you know, I don't know where Boaz was. Uh, he may have been the richest man uh, in the whole country at that point in time. He was pretty mm-hmm. well off, obviously, but yeah. I don't think he had forgotten where he came from. Um, yeah. And so I think that's a lesson that I take from this is don't ever get above your raisin and, mm-hmm. you know, in a good country way of saying it. Yeah. And don't forget where you came from and don't forget that the grace that we've been given should also is also available to others. Yeah. We can give it person to person, but we can also introduce them to the person who can give them grace that we can't. Yeah. Uh, so you and, know, always, always remember how grateful we are for Jesus and that, you know, it's not our right to have it, even though I felt like it was my right to get it in that yeah. situation. Uh, <laughs> you know, grace is something that's all based on the giver. Yeah. And you know, that's interesting. One, the one last thing I wanted to say is, you know, as far as like, 
being more Boaz like in your interactions with others is, you know, if you're the person who extends this graceful act of kindness to someone. And I mean, here's the thing, like, I don't know where everyone lives that's listening to this. I know that where I live, it's definitely in a smaller town where you tend to run into people a little more frequently than you would in like a bigger city or something. But say you extend this act of kindness to someone through your words, through your actions or whatever, and it's memorable to them and they, it impacts them in a real way and they don't forget it. And then they see you out again and you're wearing a t-shirt from your church or they see you or they come into church and then they see you there mm -hmm. and then, or they see you like doing some type of an outreach thing where you're volunteering and you're like serving those in need or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's like, if they're a non-believer or if there's someone who has been de-churched or something or kind of like a kind of a lukewarm Christian, maybe like they might put start putting two and two together. Yeah. They may start realizing that like, grace looks strange by itself. Yeah. So and so it, they yeah. look at it and see what is the source of like, why is he different? Why? Why mm -hmm. did he give me that extension so easily? And give me a little encouragement along the way like why didn't he as a teacher um bash me for being late make an example yeah. of me or whatever yeah um, and then they hear you talk about playing drums at your church or whatever like, yeah hmm, i wonder if that's the source of his or they listen yeah. to this podcast and say huh well that explains it he's and this and this is he's not and this is not the source of i'm not i'm not to say that like you need you know you need church, you need Jesus, you need all this to be a nice person. I'm, but like, yeah. I remember I was talking to one of my friends who is like a non-believer and he was like, and he's like, Blake, you've always been nice. Like before you became like a Christian, like you were always a nice guy. Yeah. And I was like, and it's like, I don't think you needed church to be a nice guy. I don't think you needed Jesus to be a nice guy. No, that's probably true. Some and of the I best was people like, I know aren't Christians. Yeah, and I some was of the like, most generous people I know aren't Christians. Yeah, and, I and was some like, of the stingiest people I know are Christians. <laughs> and I, so I tend, I, I tend, so I was like, okay, I agree. Like I've, it's been part of my. I feel like that's probably something that has been in my character for a long time. But I know for a fact that my faith and pursuing Jesus in a real way has amplified that for me. Mm -hmm. So that was, so that was my sort of comeback to him. It's like, I may have been, you know, I've, I, as, you know, speaking gamer terms, like I leveled up when I started yeah. following Jesus yeah. and the kindness and the grace department, because. Well, and you I also about, saw how far we are from being good. Yes. You know, the world's definition of a good person means you don't, you haven't killed anybody this week. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, you don't. You, and you and you put up and, and you put up positive social media posts exactly I mean, like oh yeah he's like such a good person if yeah you look at he's not, he doesn't get media, into political like, arguments on facebook he's a he's a good guy yes exactly like, yeah if you follow what everybody says is a good person you'll get a mm -hmm. lot of different definitions yeah so so it's just one of the situations where like i said if you can extend that grace and kindness to someone else and you and you're out there in the community or you're going to church and you run into them again then they might put two and two together and they might be thinking like, so this, there's a source to this yeah. and maybe I need to look into that source more. Another thing to notice is for that the first time that this isn't like Boaz, I would assume 
also gave his tithe. This wasn't yeah. his tithe. This was his generosity. Mm-hmm. And so your duty is the tithe, you know, the, you know, what you bring into the church or what, you know, percentage of his harvest yeah. he gave to the priests. Mm-hmm. Um, that was his duty. Yeah. And, you know, that was also, you know, it was conviction, but it's duty as well. It's in the law, in their law. Sure. And, you know, then his duty was to allow those that glean to glean to help the poor. But it was yeah. once again, a, you know, a, a social um, command. Yeah. A law. This is his like grace law was duty and law, duty, and duty law, and- then plus then grace then generosity where you say i know that i'm only supposed to give 10 percent, but i gave 10 percent to my church that woman over there really needs help or that man is really struggling this week and i'm going to find some some way to help him yeah um well we can go ahead and close this thing out in prayer we'll be in uh, we'll be in ruth chapter three uh for the next edition of what in the word uh, I'm going to try to get through these next four chapters over the course of the next uh, or, or next two chapters, all four chapters of Ruth total. Uh, we'll wrap this thing up in a few weeks uh, before summer officially kicks in, hopefully. Uh, but in the meantime, I can go ahead and uh, close this out in prayer if you all uh, are in a position to, as you're listening and you can bow your heads, uh, feel free to do so. Um, Lord Jesus, we uh, we thank you for this time that we have in your word. We thank you for the the unexpected sort of enlightenment that we can get from your word. And a lot of times we feel like that we have to turn to Jesus for everything and we should, but the way that the Bible is and just the, the unique nature of, of your word and how it was put together and sort of the variety and the sort of unexpectedness of it, you can, you can find bits and pieces of Jesus and all kinds of, people who have lived lives similar to his. And so God, let us, uh, let us be more like some of these people. Let us be able to, uh, have faith like Ruth and have grace like Boaz. Let us try to, uh, let us try to always be aware of both of those things and have those be some defining characteristics um, of our lives to the point where it's visible to others and our words and our actions and in our thoughts. Uh, so God, um, bless this time that we have pray that we can just continue to uh, do this podcast in a way that uh, other people are are touched by it and uh, and grow in faith uh, along with us and hopefully for someone possibly who's hearing it uh, hearing this maybe they start to explore Jesus and what that means to follow him for the first time and uh, God that's a win we're all looking for we say these prayers in your name amen thank you for listening to the real legend podcast we hope that something that was said today inspires you to come to know God in a real way We would love to hear how God is using this podcast to help you on your journey. So email us at realigionpod at gmail.com. That's R-E-A-L-I-G-I-O-N pod at gmail.com. Or reach out to us on social media. Thank you for your support.